Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right. I, I wrote this somewhat in jest, but it's true that Baker Mayfield's first season in Tampa Bay is already better than Tom Brady's last one. <laughs> so take that for what it's worth. Um, but it's remarkable, Steve, when you think about it, that, you know, the Bucks beat the Eagles 32 to nine. That's one thing. Um, but for this season to have another chapter and they're going to go to Detroit and play the lions for a very good team on Sunday at three o'clock, but they're already to the NFL divisional playoff. And I got to be honest with you, man. Um, they've embraced this underdog role. Baker Mayfield is the ultimate underdog at quarterback and, in this game, at least, Todd Bowles and you know Dave Canales outcoached the entire Philadelphia Eagles sideline, and that, as much as anything, is why they won the game. I, I thought the game plans were terrific on both sides. Obviously, the Eagles were going to try to take out Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and Baker could have had an even bigger day than he did if uh, they hadn't had six drop passes, including a touchdown mm-hmm. uh, dropped by Mike Evans. But Tell you what, man, um, we can get into the Eagles a little bit later, but no one saw this for the Bucks. Maybe winning the division, right? Maybe mm-hmm. getting to a playoff game. But where they're at now, and i got to be honest, with a chance to win uh, in Detroit, I don't know how good it is. Detroit's awfully good, that home field advantage, all of that. But they're relative newbies to the postseason. And even though they beat a good Rams team, this this season has another chapter, and it's remarkable. It's remarkable, and, and and not only that. I mean, you talk about you know Baker compared to Brady, and and now they're at what ten wins this year compared to Brady mm-hmm. at eight all of last year, including right. a playoff loss. But the, all the dead cap money, and, and and Joe and Troy kept talking about it on the broadcast. You obviously didn't see that part, but I heard you, it though. Yeah, you know, eighty-one million dollars of dead cap money going into the off season. Obviously, they worked that down some, re- redoing some contracts, but still carrying what 50 some million of dead cap money right now getting Baker mate, you know, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and Derek Carr and other quarterbacks signing for 30, $40 million. And you sign Baker Mayfield for 4 million plus some incentives, which he's hit a lot of those. And, and you're happy to pay that in that circumstance, but you know, trying to find a quarterback who's got that chip on his shoulder and that resurrecting his career. And boy, has he, and you know, to see what they did and then to go out and just, manhandle the Eagles I mean that wasn't even close that game no no it wasn't and it was close for a while I mean it was there were well, two plays it was close because they the kicked game. three field goals in, in the yeah first they half weren't finishing of, drives yeah. and it was 16 to 9 and to be honest with you you know two plays changed the entire game at that point it was the intentional grounding that resulted in a safety Anthony mm-hmm. Nelson sort of tackled Jalen Hurts in the end zone and then two plays later you got the big touchdown um, obviously from Trey Palmer, uh, which turned the game around. That gave them the separation they needed. Up until then, you're one drive away from you know maybe being in a little bit of, of peril. Uh, but they never felt like they weren't mm-hmm. in control of this game. Uh, they just weren't finishing drives with touchdowns. Um, but yeah, at that point, you know you just felt like this this was their game. What was remarkable to me 
was this. All right, so they played in week three, and they weren't even in the game. I mean, I think, you know, obviously Philadelphia ran 40 times for 201 yards. They dominated time of possession. They did anything they wanted to, okay? And granted, you know, let's let's re- remember, the Eagles don't have A.J. Brown. Um, I think Jalen Hurts is, is definitely, we're going to find out that he's got something significantly wrong with his knee, uh, most likely, and, and his finger, obviously, he was playing with a dislocated finger on his throwing hand. So all that factors in there, right? But to come out and Todd Bowles decided, hey, we're going to run a six-man front. And if you notice, K.J. Britt played more because of the formations that the Eagles gave him than Devin mm-hmm. White uh, because they were playing the run so much. But a six-man front, and then because they were going to bring blitzes and pressure on third down or passing downs, he used Zion McCallum at safety, right, so that he had somebody with speed in the back end that could just cover. Because if you're going to pressure, you got to cover on the back end. And those things worked. And how good did they work? How about this? The Eagles were 0 for 9 on third down and 0 for 2 on fourth down. That's the money downs, man. When you can, when you can shut somebody out for the game, let alone the, the, the Philadelphia Eagles, that, that's, that's just a great game plan. It's a tremendous game plan, and and you know I I'll question a lot of the Eagles' play calling too, sure, and, and lack of adjustments. I mean, you're getting blitz after blitz after blitz, yeah, and your routes are run out and stop, right? I'm like you're running hitches everywhere. You got man on man coverage, run, like yeah. run away from someone, stretch and, and, the field, yeah, and, and you know or, or crossing whatever. I mean, you you know yeah. they've taken the safeties out. They're they're blitzing. They're five and six. Right, were coming right. every down. I yeah, don't, you're a man. You're a man across. Sometimes you know cover zero, but you're a man across for you're, sure. You're sitting there watching. They're running four hitches. It's like, well, yeah. geez, it's I mean, true. Make it easy on the defense. They did. They didn't. They 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 threw one ball downfield mm-hmm. uh, that they hit, and obviously yep. that resulted in their touchdown. And that was a beautiful throw. Yeah, Winfield got Hertz, caught a little flat footed on that one. He did, and Hertz had plenty of protection. Like mm-hmm. for whatever mm-hmm. they did, mass protect. They didn't get there. They gave him, let him pat the ball and get it down the field, but that was the only one that hurt them the whole game. Yep. And really, Hertz was just trying to get it out of his hands to avoid the hits, avoid the sacks, and they did get to him a number of times. Um, uh, yeah, I, th- I think they what they sacked him uh, twice anyway mm-hmm. in the game, um, or three times. I'm sorry for 16 yards, but at it was one, a good at game one plan. point they had they showed the stat on the, the screen. They had they had twenty seven drop back to pass, eighteen of them had pressures. Yeah, yeah, like, no, it was tremendous. every place. That's tremendous by the Bucks. Yeah, no, he was going to bring it, and, and as it turns out, you know, Devontae Smith was the only guy that hurt him. He had eight catches for one hundred forty eight yards. Fifty five of that came on the one play that set up the touchdown. Mm-hmm. But other than that, um, the big stat to me, in addition to the third downs and fourth downs, was the fact that. They only ran it 15 times. Now, this is a Philadelphia Eagles team that was never really out of the game until about the fourth quarter, um, but they only ran it 15 times for 42 yards. That's a 2.8 average, man. And to be able to, to flip that from a defensive standpoint from the first game back in week three to now. Mm-hmm. Now, we have said this going into this week, right? Uh, of course, you know, I always say seasons have momentum, like games have momentum. The Eagles had none. They've been in fighting. Uh, they're getting you know beaten up in the Philadelphia media up there. No one had any confidence on that sideline and all of that. Um, but you know when you, when you look at sort of how the Bucks got after this, you know they they were aggressive. As Todd Bowles said after the game, he goes, "Look, we weren't playing to tie. We came out here to play to win. 
Like, we've been underdogs all year long. We've embraced that. We were underdogs tonight, and we'll be underdogs next week. And they were very aggressive in their play calling. They were very aggressive uh, in, in their game planning. And and Baker was aggressive, and he didn't get much help because he, he, they had so many drop passes. But mm-hmm. in a game where Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin until the last touchdown wasn't really a big factor, you know, to have – you know, Kate Otten come up with a career high eight catches um, for like eighty nine yards, I think, and uh, you know, and, and guys like David Moore and Trey Palmer, those were your touchdowns. You know, Trey Palmer and David Moore, uh, and then you finally got you know the one where they brought the blitz and the last gasp effort by um, you know by the Eagles to try to get the ball back, and Baker alerted it, you know, uh, hung it out there for Chris Guy when he made the adjustment for the touchdown, but. Man, I'm here to tell you, the other guys stepped up and stepped up big, and and they needed it. And and you know, one is a rookie that hasn't been very consistent this year in Palmer, and he had he had a drop as well. And another one um, is David Moore, who's a veteran that showed up big in the Green Bay game. So you know, I always say this: like it's a week to week league, and for all the hand wringing that was going on because of the loss to the Saints, who had everything to play for, poor performance against Carolina, where they got just nine points. You come out here, um, you had an extra day to prepare because it's a Monday night game night. Now that reverses on you, you got less days. But you come out here and it's a new season. It's zero and zero. And they look more like the team in Green Bay and against Jacksonville than they did at Carolina or against New Orleans. And that's huge. It really is, especially when your quarterback is not healthy. Mm-hmm. No, it, it's – look, everything about this – you know, you talk about the momentum. You talk about the swings. And, and look, you know, they, these two teams faced in week three. And the Eagles were on a roll. Coming off, they went to the Super Bowl last year, almost won it. And, you know, they're confident. They started 10-1. and one. The Bucks, meanwhile, had a new offensive coordinator, a new quarterback, a lot of younger guys, a lot of new guys on this team. And they didn't know who they were. And it, it just it, – this proves everything about the NFL's a marathon, not a sprint. That's right. Like, there are ebbs and flows of the season. The, the San Francisco 49ers lost three games in a row. They did. The Bucks what, lost, what, was it five of six or whatever it was? In five the out of season? six, yeah. And now the, now the Eagles have lost six out of seven to end their season. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that just because you start hot or or start slow doesn't mean everything is, is over. It's, you know, this the NFL, is down that it's 17 weeks long as a regular season, like, there are ebbs, there are flows, there are ups, there are downs, there are injuries in, in this and you have to you have to keep your eye on the bigger picture of everything and, well, they're, and they're, Dave Canales got better as the season went along and, and the did. offense it, got better as, and, and Baker Mayfield's uh you know rapport with his teammates got better um you know his trust in their drops didn't get much better throughout the year but but beyond that he kept throwing and kept trusting they you know were showing on the sidelines you know Baker was going up to every one of his teammates through the drops very hey, positive I, I, yep. I trust in you I'm going to keep throwing to you you know yep. and and that's you know that was needed especially when you've got young guys like Trey Palmer and Kate Otten and you know these guys like this um you know that it's so important that you know it's not about an individual game in the NFL you know until you get to the playoffs then it is but you know, it's about building that for the whole season and, and getting you in the right position and in the right, you know, playing the right way as you get to that postseason. Yeah, and, and I want to say this too because, um, look, I, I know a lot – there's a lot of people. I'm, I mean, I'm 
try not to judge, you know, all of humanity on social media. God help me. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've you've heard it. Like there were some even in the media locally uh, that felt as if Todd Bowles had to win this game, uh, maybe to keep his job. Right, like. Maybe even winging the division wasn't enough. It there was, was a just lot nine that thought wins. he should have been fired two months ago. Well, absolutely. They the would like the to have seen it in the middle of the season, right? And and all I can say is this: like, you, there can't be there can't be two different scenarios of Todd Bowles, right? Like, yeah, his his overall coaching record is not great. I would say this: that you know, when you coach for the New York Jets, a lot of records aren't great. Okay. <laughs> Um, and you know they had as many quarterbacks as they had, and they didn't work out. You know he got Sam Darnold. Uh, the only year he did win up there was with with, with Ryan Fitzpatrick. They lost the last game and didn't make the playoffs. Um, and the situation he inherited here was not a great one, right? I mean they they were trying to run it back in the last year under Brady. We know how that turned out. Brady had all kinds of things going on off the field. It wasn't a good team. Um, I think you know. By the time they got to the postseason, they were out of gas. They had a lot of veteran players that had played a lot of years. And 17-week season plus the playoffs, they just weren't very good. They just weren't able to to, to hang at all with the Dallas Cowboys, and, and that season ended. But this year, um, you know, it's the mix of players and, and how they've developed. For this team um, to stick with it and to stick together. And for as much as that was riding on it for Baker Mayfield, for Todd Bowles, um, you know, he was a steady hand that they needed, right? Now, are they going to win a Super Bowl this year? I don't know. Maybe. You know what? Here's the thing about the playoffs. If I tell you it's going to be Green Bay and Tampa Bay in Raymond James Stadium for the NFC Championship game, is that far-fetched? Not Totally. I mean, I think San Francisco has a huge advantage in their game against the Packers, but did you see the way the Packers went into Dallas? For me, it's how you play at the end of the year, right? And obviously the 49ers have been playing well of late. Um, but just like when the Bucks won the Super Bowl, you know, they were a 7-5 and five football team with Tom Brady at his best and all those players that weren't quite old enough yet. Um, and they had two things going for them. They got hot at the right time and they stayed healthy. This team that they put on the field tonight uh, against, you know, a, a really good Eagles ta- talent um, is as healthy as they've been all year. They didn't have one guy on the inactive list that was a starter, okay, or even a major backup. I mean, they got everybody on the field. When they played the Eagles the first time, first of all, they didn't know what they were doing. Um, you didn't have Kalija Kansi at even on the field. He was injured. Kalija Kansi caused problems for Jalen Hurts tonight. Mm-hmm. He made penetration. He ran guys into sacks. He did a lot of things. Um, Yaya Diaby was not playing uh, very very sparingly, if at all, um, when they faced him in week three. Now he's an anchor of that, of that defense uh, as an outside linebacker. You didn't have Carlton Davis, who absolutely locked down some receivers uh, in, against Philadelphia, and you, and you lost Jamel Dean halfway through that game in week three. And now you put a Zion McCallum back there at safety with all the speed and athleticism that he has because the other two corners are healthy. Now you've got three of the top defensive backs on the field at the same time. So this defense and and Bulls' game planning for this opponent was brilliant. And if you're healthy and you're hot, let me tell you, those are the teams that advance. Um, and I think that's what you have in the Bucks. And And – you know, there's no getting around the fact uh, that Baker has his story 
as it keeps going, as there keeps being more and more added to it, is one of the damnedest ones in the NFL. It just is. Um, all that he's been through, and not for nothing, but like the dude is hurt. You know, that, that hit he took against the Saints and Tyron Matthew, that that rattled his ribs pretty good. There wasn't any fracture, but it doesn't matter because bruised ribs are bruised ribs. And if you get hit like that, um, you don't feel better as the as the days go on. There was a report I was listening to the, to the TV broadcast, and I'm I'm trying to think who brought this up. Whoever was doing the Buck sideline, um, but she was talking about, and I asked Baker about it after the game. She was talking about how they had to stretch his rib cage right to promote healing uh, where the bruising was, and just the thought of that, right? When you got when you got sore ribs and bruised ribs to have to. And so he has a personal trainer who he calls his genie and all this stuff. Came in a couple of days and I asked Baker about it after the game. He goes, "Look, man, I don't know the science of it, but I'm 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 game. I'm willing, you know. And it hurt like hell, uh, but it was worth it, you know. And and that's just, you know, that mentality is is infectious. It's contagious. Um, the other players are going to play hurt. The other players are going to give it a little bit extra, um, and. They're having fun, and winning is fun. But but even when they weren't entirely, you know, hot like they are now, um, these guys these guys knew what they had in that locker room. They knew the character they had, and they stuck together. And and just like you saw Baker going up to everybody on that sideline, that's what he's been able to do. And he said something interesting. Um, it was maybe in one of the interviews that he had with the networks, which was, you know, they let me be myself. When he got to the NFL – a lot of his moxie and his swag, and some of it was, you know, over the top at Oklahoma and, you know, all that stuff, but that's an age thing. But they pretty much told him, you can't do that here, right? And so he, he kind of lost himself a little bit, I think. Um, certainly by the time he got to Carolina and the Rams, he started to have more fun. But it, now he can be himself. The Bucks just said, hey, look, we like the Baker Mayfield that came out of Oklahoma. We like the swag we like the confidence. We like what you brought to the locker room. Um, that's that's the guy we we hope we get. And and within without tearing down the organization, and there's no reason to. Um, he is he has rediscovered himself. I, he's one of the damnedest stories in the NFL for the last four or five years. I think this run that he's on. Well, I mean, last year was Geno Smith rebuilding that's his right. career in good in point Seattle, yeah. and this year it's Baker Mayfield. That's right. You know, and and quarterbacks that were, you know, now Geno and, and Baker a little different. I mean, Baker was number one overall draft pick, so a little difference there. But and Gene Geno hadn't played for six years, right. and well, then, yeah. then he did. But you know that resurrecting career. I mean, you know, we love good stories like that. Oh yeah, yeah. you know, and that's that's what networks feed off of. Fans love those stories, and, and the funny thing is, is there's a common thread between the two, and it's Dave Canales. No, it was true. You know, he wasn't the offense coordinator in Seattle, but he was the quarterback's coach for Geno Smith. Yeah. And now he's yeah. you know, with Baker Mayfield. And it's, you know, kind of a similar story. Although, you know, Baker's now going on to the divisional round of the playoffs. Yeah, um, they lost the wild card game in Seattle mm-hmm. last year. They got in as a wild card. They didn't win the division. These guys did win a bad division. And that's the other thing. You know, you hear, oh, the NFC South. It was bad, okay? It was bad against other divisions. They had the worst record against other divisions as a, as a, comp, as a you know, uh, NFC South, um, but it's hey man, you know when you're in when you're in winner go home mode, okay, 
ask the Dallas Cowboys how that's worked out for them. You know, there's no way, and I'm not a betting man and this is why, Steve, there's no way I would have told you that Green Bay, even though they've been playing better, I saw Green Bay, I saw Joe Barry's defense, they were going to go into Dallas and win, where Dallas hadn't lost since the Bucks beat him in the season opener in 2000 and what, 22? I mean, come on. And yet, that's exactly what happened. And they did it with impunity. I mean, they they ran them out of their own gym there for a while. And and so this is the thing. Um, and I think Detroit, from what I've seen, outside of San Francisco, is the most complete team in the NFC. They've been that way all year. They they are physical. They are fast. Um, uh, they play great defense. You know Hutchinson from, from Michigan. Um, and their coach is a maniac, which is cool. Like those guys, this is the opposite of what they got tonight in Philly. Philly is completely disjointed. I don't even know that Nick Sirianni is going to survive this, to be honest with you, uh, the way this collapse had happened. Can you, a 10 and one team barely making the playoffs and then getting boat raced in Tampa? How about like the NFC should... East was supposed to be so great? Whoa. And it turns out Washington and New York weren't even close. I mean, you know, they, they weren't good. And then no. the Eagles and Cowboys may both lose their coaches after going, what, 11 and six? Yeah, twelve, teams, 12 wins 12, for Dallas. 12, for 12 and 5 for Dallas, 11 and 6 for Philly. And they yeah. both may get rid of their coaches. Yeah, and they were dominant teams pretty much all year long, you know, uh, and, until this, this last stretch for Philadelphia. But, yeah, Philly is lost. And, that, that's, and that's the thing. You can't flip the switch in the playoffs. It's so hard to do because every team you play is a good football team. You make a mistake at this, at this juncture – it's it's going to be in the end zone. It's kind of like hockey, right? Every mistake, every time we turn it over, it was in the back of the net. Well, that's what happens in the playoffs here. Um, and that's that's sort of what happened, you know, Monday night because every mistake that Philly would make, Baker would make a big play, um, and they were in attack mode the whole time. They didn't let up. They mixed the run in well, I thought, with with the pass, but they, they obviously came out aggressive came out throwing and why not because that secondary has been riddled you know and i know this that james bradbury that dude can't tackle period Ooh. i mean those Ooh. two touchdowns were both short completions <laughs> that uh, both david moore and and trey palmer just went uh yeah that's not going to get me on the ground and just took off um and so like baker said it's nice when you throw the ball 20 yards and then the guy goes 35 you know or 40 um which is what happened but it was a bad, bad effort all the way around from the Eagles, who I, I'm convinced are lost, are or just in a bad place altogether with Matt Patricia since he's taken over. And there could be changes in Philly. There could be changes in Dallas. You know where there's not going to be a change in Tampa. There's not going to be a change, and nor should there be, right? And if this run continues, if they're able to somehow win this next game and get to an NFC championship. Albeit maybe in San Francisco, but what if it's not, what if it's here? Who cares where what, it's at? Like it doesn't you're in matter. the NFC championship. Yeah, they've only done that what four times in their history, right? I believe. Seventy nine. Um Tony got there in uh what, uh nineteen ninety seven or ninety nine, I'm sorry, ninety nine. Yep. And then oh, and then two. of course the two Super Bowl the yep. two Super Bowl runs. Uh so the, you talk about rare air. They're one win away. One win away from going that far and, and playing to see if they can get to Las Vegas. It's crazy, but that's what's great about the NFL. 
is it's it's not necessarily the teams that you you know everybody falls in love with and and you know they see you know the shiny quarterback and you know and the head coach and all that um it it's just the team that's playing the best at that time and um right now i promise you that uh those guys in detroit the bucks have their attention They've been on the grass with them. They Baker had a Baker said tonight. He goes, look, I, I played bad against Detroit, but they weren't. Again, it was so early in the season, they hadn't found their identity yet. They're a different offense, you know. And these young guys have grown up a little bit, and so you're getting plays from Trey Palmer. You know, all of a sudden they're using David Moore, who was uh, on the practice squad at that time. Um, and you know, teams want a Mike and want to double Mike and Chris. They have answers. You know, Rashad White out of the backfield, uh, the checkdowns. He ran hard tonight. You know that that dude played hard, extremely hard. Um, so, yeah, you know, good for the Bucks. And I'll say this too. You know, uh, you weren't in the building. I was, but um, there were Eagle fans, no doubt. Not like the first time. Not like the first time. And and yet they had the flags out. This place was electric. It was it was lit. It was playoff atmosphere, which is good. Right, and that's why we always say, like, people go, like, "Oh, the Todd Bowles, and uh, he's never going to take us to the Super Bowl." Hey, listen, if you were in the stadium tonight, if I don't care what you paid, whatever the tickets were, some of them were going for three hundred, some of them for less than that. Um, you got your money's worth, man. It was an experience. It really was a good experience. And playoff football is different. It's just different, man. The pressure's different. The results mean more, and. Those people who were fortunate enough to watch a rare home playoff game um, really enjoyed it, especially if you don't like the Eagles. <laughs> because, I mean, the Eagles, for whatever reason, like they, they, they've played the Eagles now like six or seven times in the postseason more than any other team. It just keeps coming up that way. Um, did you see the Rondi Barber? Uh, that was fantastic. <laughs> was that great or what? Oh, the Bucks. if you haven't seen this, I know the Bucks put on social media. Rondé Barber talking about the playoffs in the game and their old friend Philly and breaking out the good bourbon and it was, it was so good. It was so well done. I so much want that bourbon bar that he has. I can't even, can't even tell you. He told me a funny story about it. I said so. So that's like ocean something or other. And, and he goes, yeah. He goes, well, um, I had another bourbon I was going to use, but it's not the official bourbon of the Buccaneers, so they had to give me that bottle. He goes, but I kept the bottle. I go, yeah, you did. Yeah, of course. Yeah, sure, you did. Looked pretty good to me. Uh, we'll uh, wrap it up here in just a minute, but I just want to tell you guys that for the past 14 years, the skill pros of May Electric Solar, yeah, they've been installing solar energy systems down in Florida. They provide the most reliable solar equipment, the best installation methods and service while helping homeowners cut energy costs with an environmentally friendly investment. And May Electric Solar uses their own skilled employees, never some contractors. They've always offered the safest and most reliable equipment. Well, now May Electric Solar offers a 30-year no-cost equipment replacement and labor warranty that means for 30 years, May Electric Solar, backed by Solar Insure, means that your roof, electrical, and equipment replacement is all covered. Solar Insure even survives May Electric Solar, and it's owned by the homeowner with no deductibles or additional fees. Now, this policy will transfer to new homeowners with no fee. It is not a blanket insurance policy. In fact, only the best contractors are allowed to be part of its program. May Electric Solar's reputation and history of workmanship has earned them this membership. To learn more about May Electric Solar's installation and their 30-year warranty, call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. All right, so we got the Lions and the Bucks, man. Who you got? <laughs> well, we'll get into that this week, but if you're going to the game. Yeah. So... The Bucks are in Detroit on Sunday to play the Lions at 3 o'clock. Yes. The Lightning are in Detroit to play the Red Wings at 5 o'clock that day. Whoa, wait a minute. So I can. So theoretically, you could go to the Lions game. Well, I'm guessing the Red Wings game may get pushed back a couple hours. I, I don't know better, anything. Right? I don't know anything at this point. But that makes sense. That makes sense the, you would do that to the, the Detroit fans. The arenas are close to each other. Yes. So for parking, logistics, all that stuff. It's probably better to do that. I, I haven't heard anything yet, but it could be a Tampa Bay-Detroit doubleheader day. How nice is that? Maybe I should do a little hockey. What do you think? Would I be able to get over there? I don't think so. To, maybe Eduardo will be able to get to the football game. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Eduardo wouldn't see it. Um, that's pretty cool. You yeah. just you, you you want to at least split, but if you're going to split, you probably want the Bucks to win since the other one's a regular season. Well, game. yeah, I was going to say that one has a little more riding on it. You know, like yeah, you know, is, the, a, is the season continuing or done? Just a bit. I'll tell you what. The Rams played really, really well. I, I I was kind of disappointed that Sean McVay punted the ball with four minutes to go and never got it back. Um, but that aside, uh, you talk about – they said that's the loudest – some people said that's the loudest building they've heard in the playoffs in some time. And you can imagine that because those Detroit fans are so passionate. It's been 30, 30 years. 30 years since they had a home playoff game. I mean, come on. And, and they let it go. It sounded like they had been waiting 30 years. And what a game, you know, by Jared Goff beating Matthew Stafford, like all that whole storyline. He was hit his four, first fourteen passes. This this Detroit team, they will run the ball. Well, that was the thing. And, they got off to a hot start, and then they couldn't do anything the rest of the game. Right, like the Rams shut true. them down. They did it in the second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, uh, and that got them back in the game. If the Rams weren't kicking field goals, they would have won that game. I thought they were going to win it anyway. Um, but then they had like a third and 14 or something like that, and they took a chunk attempt, and then it went to fourth and 14, decided to punt. If they got a few yards on third and 14, maybe they're in field goal range, or at least they, they go for it on fourth down, but they never got the ball back. Anyway, uh, it was a huge win, and what they've done up there has been a tremendous – I mean, I'm, I, I like good stories. That's what I root for in Detroit, um, for what that city's been through, the fact that the Tigers aren't any good – the Pistons had that, what, 27-28 game losing streak. Um, to have the Lions rolling like they are is just a really good story. And the Bucks are a good story. So that game now suddenly is pretty damn entertaining. It doesn't necessarily have you know, the, the quarterback storyline that the last one did, um, but but it's, it's good TV, and um, it should be fun up there. Just think and about this. In, the quarterbacks left in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy, Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield, Jordan Love. Naturally. Is that what you would have guessed at the beginning of the season? <laughs> no. <laughs> Hell no. I mean, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, seventh-round pick, right? Uh, obviously, you know, Jared Goff traded, discarded by the L.A. Rams to Detroit, which is sort of like the NFL Siberia at the time. Um, Baker Mayfield, fourth team in 16, 17 months when he joined the Bucks. Uh, I mean, it's an, it's an incredible uh, lineup, you're right, of, of, of kind of cast-offs and uh, – 
guys with uh, with low expectations, but it's a team game, and those are good football teams, and they're they're balanced. And you know what? The, the Bucks defense, in addition to the scheme, they're they're playing really really well. They're playing good football, and so you know they're 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 a tough team to drive the ball on. They're they're good in the red zone, and if they can get some turnovers, obviously that helps. But it's um, so nice when that the whole defensive line is healthy. That's the key. When, when Vea and Cancy and Diaby and and even Shaq, you know, right? Shaq, like you, and yeah, yeah. I mean, all of them. I mean, you know, uh, Logan Hall, and, and you know, right. just go through the list. That when they have their full complement of D line, I mean, yes. why do you think the Eagles couldn't run the ball? Exactly. So, some of it was they didn't run it a lot because they were down, but mm-hmm. a lot of it was there was nothing there. Like no, even even with the blitzes that they were coming after Hurts, there was no run lanes. There was those guys had bottled everything up. Like you know, we know what a wrecker Vita Vey is, but when you start when when you see Cansey developing the way he is, and Yaya Diaby, and you know that D line has gotten better and better and better all year long. Mm-hmm. And and that's a big part of the reason the defense is playing as well as they are right now. Yeah, it starts up front, and they got a good rotation, and maybe not as good as Philadelphia in terms of the pedigree. They bring a bunch mm-hmm. of first rounders off the bench from Georgia, but. Um, but these guys are playing well. And health, again, I go back to this. Momentum, okay, which is what the Bucks had under Brady when they were 7-5, and five, started playing well in December, uh, November, late late November, December. And then um, you get on a run. And, 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 and if you if you got all your dudes, you have a shot. Detroit did not have all their guys. A.J. Brown would have made a huge difference in this game. There's no question in my mind. It, it, it's a much easier – uh, lift for Philadelphia than it was without him, and you know, but that's football, right? Um, but if you're that team that is that is relatively healthy, that that is peaking at the right time, you really can't you really can't say you know you can't go all the way. Um, when I say all the way, I mean to the Super Bowl. I don't know they're going to win it, um, but they're you know they're 60 minutes away from playing for an NFC title game. <laughs> it's just crazy to think, but that's where we're at. You got to win three. And and if they if the Packers were to upset uh, the 49ers, which I don't think they will, not impossible. By the way, find me a better quarterback right now who's hotter than um, than Love. Mm-hmm. You know. And how many times uh, do we see teams that with that bye week come out slow? They can, yeah, they can. Now they're usually there because they're a better team, mm-hmm. and in this case, that's true with San Francisco. But the thing about and this is the other thing that the Bucks have gone through, and I always look at this too. The Bucks didn't have margin for error until the last, you know, two weeks, right? So they've been in playoff mode for a while. You know who else has been there? Green Bay. Because when the Bucks beat the Packers, they couldn't lose again. They couldn't, or they wouldn't have made the playoffs. And they're in playoff mode and have been there for a while. So those teams that have been fighting for several weeks, and then now all of a sudden it's like one and done, yeah, they've been in there. They, they know what that's like, you know, because they, they were never going to make it if, if they lost a game. And so I think I think there's a certain sort of confidence and um, you know less anxiety maybe than the teams that you know are like oh damn like you know we we got to win we got to win today you know or or this magical season is over um, so it was a lot of fun at the old ballpark and um, you know we'll see Todd Bowles will speak today about two thirty I think we'll find out what the health of the team is Baker did take a shot on his good ankle um, so now he's got friendly fire. Are, the, yeah, I know. Yeah, he stepped. He got stepped on by uh, Tristan Wirfs. Um, but yeah, it's uh, uh, look. He he finds a way to play. I think the extra day helped him, no doubt. 
had a lot, lot more accuracy, a lot more velocity, but now he has a short week, and that short week is real. You know, the, the, the team that's able to heal up faster has an advantage, and the Bucks have to travel, and they're not going to have any days off because they, they play, you know, just in six days, and that's, that's just the, the draw when you're the last seed, uh, you know, that, uh, the last division champion of the, with the worst record that's, that's playing. But fun game, uh, fun atmosphere, and we'll talk all about it tomorrow. Uh, where are the Tampa Bay Lightning? Are they home? They are off them? a few days. They've uh, had really? five days between games, so they had no practice Holy Sunday cow. or Monday. They'll be back at practice this morning. Uh, they don't play again until Thursday. Pat Maroon, Zach Bogosian coming to town with the Wild. There you go. And then it'll be on to Detroit. And, uh, yeah, Buffalo you know. first on Saturday, then Detroit. I wonder if you could so. do this. Could you have a bunch of hockey guys go to the game for a couple hours and then whisk over to the arena? Yeah, I don't think that if it was after the game, could they try to you know delay the charter out to the next? Yeah, day, but yeah, yeah. I mean, and and right now the games are at the same time, so we'll see. But yeah, we'll see if they move that. Well, that's interesting. But it'll be a fun uh, Detroit Tampa Bay uh, weekend. Uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, just how that all pans out. But um, listen, I'm going to get out of here. I'm at Raymond James Stadium, and uh, the fog has come in. If this game had been started an hour later, it would have been the Fog Bowl. Like, remember in Chicago? Mm-hmm. You can't see, I cannot see. I can barely see the logo from the press box. Wow. That's how foggy it is right now. It's crazy. Just rolled in, man. We're in San Francisco or something. Um, but anyway, thanks for listening. As always, we'll be back tomorrow. For Steve Burstick, Gummerick Stroud, Tempe Times. Have a great day, everybody. 2 presented by Nissan is live now and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way we're talking rest stops if we're stopping to get gas you will be timed misguided plans I grew up in the city so I have like you know a healthy fear of real extreme darkness <laughs> a lot of laughs y'all weird but you yeah you you were different and so much more listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts